Hello, everyone. Welcome to Deliberate Connections, the podcast all about deliberately connecting and the impact it has on our world. I am your host, Christiana Frank, a consultant in education, corporations, and mental health. Hello, everyone. This is Christiana Frank with Deliberate Connections. And with me today, I have Melissa Worrell, an executive emerging leader's business and career coach. Um, Melissa has over 18 year career with her right now and has focused her efforts in leadership, talent development, and business strategy. Her diverse background includes entrepreneurial business startups as well as significant leadership roles in large corporations. So as you all know, I am on my my path to find out all the wonderful, beautiful people in this world that are doing their craft and deliberately connecting and helping, helping folks, not just during the time of our pandemic, but all the time. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you for having me, Christiana. This is amazing to be here. Yeah, thank you. I really thank you for uh, coming on because it is amazing to have people wanting to tell their stories. So, Melissa, you know, I gave a little bit of an introduction, but you know, what could you add into that? You know, what? Let's actually let me just start with an actual question for you. What compelled you to start this? What you know, was there a day, a time, a place, a situation? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so March 2nd, 2020, we can oh, be geez. really specific. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. You're like, wow, wasn't expecting that. So I left my corporate career March 2nd of 2020. And literally less than two weeks later, uh, the pandemic was in full swing and everyone was uh, sheltering in place and, you know, self-quarantining and being, you know, kept to yourself. And my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, I we were talking about moving in together and what was going to happen. And ultimately, we lived a decent distance apart and starting my own practice and doing what I love, right? So part of this is life circumstances. Part of this is what were the parts of my corporate career that I loved? I loved helping people. I loved elevating leaders on my team to higher levels of responsibility and taking over their own teams. I loved helping people just understand where their passions lie and how do they get to that next level. So when you think about, um, so, so that's where it all came about. And so now that we're almost a year in, I look back and say, man, it was a blessing that everything happened the way it did for, for my family and my situation. Um, the pandemic actually put us in a position to make some choices that we maybe wouldn't have pushed that envelope as quick as we did, but um, it set us off on this trajectory of, you know, starting our life together as a blended life. And then also um, me starting this business of being able to help others and do what I love, which is um, being being helpful and helping elevate people to a next level of position. You know, I am curious about that pushing of the envelope piece that you just brought out, you know, and I think that that is, can be true for a lot of us. You know, when push comes to shove, you have to make that choice. Do you jump? Do you sit? What are you going to do about that? Is there a specific situation um, that you remember where you're thinking, okay, you have this choice right now. I have this choice to actually take that step, or maybe I should sit down a little bit more and create, design, connect. Uh, does something come into mind where you're going, this was that moment when we leaped or did it just sort of happen organically and needed over time? Yeah. So when March 2nd happened, we actually had a trip to Florida planned and we went on the trip, did everything as usual. And when we came back, 
my home was in Des Moines and my now husband was an hour and a half South. And we were talking about like, well, if we are going to um, be home, it'd be more fun to do it together than to do it alone. And I was thinking about, okay, am I going to get my resume ready and start applying for jobs or what do I really want to do? And so two things collided. I hired a career consultant out of London and she was amazing. And she said she wouldn't work with me until I knew my why. And she challenged my thoughts. Cause I'm like, I know my why she was, I bet you don't. So she challenged <laughs> me to do that. And then with Alan, we decided to stay down at his place because I didn't have to go to my daily, you know, grind into the office. And all of a sudden we kept a calendar and we kept this. I think we'll probably keep it all probably keep it for a long time, but we started counting how many days we had been living together, right? Like we weren't officially living together, but I was staying at his place. And it was about 45 days in that we're like, we've been basically living together for 45 days and we haven't killed each other yet. We still really like each other. And we're also not actually going to the office. So we're spending way more time together than two normal humans would in a relationship of living together. And so we said, screw it, um, not to be too blunt, but we, we bought a house, um, we got married, three months after that. And we'd been dating for over a year. Right. And I'm not a spring chicken. So I'm not, I'm not in my sixties, but I'm not in my twenties either. And, um, so we took that leap and it really was, um, it's fun looking back, but we kept that calendar and we literally kept the calendar running for quite a long time of, man, we, you know, this is going well. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. I love that story. You know, people's stories are, are so important, you know, for that relatability or, and I could sit there and relate to a couple of those, especially with working with my husband. I mean, he's actually behind the curtain right now on the other side doing his own work. And we find, I found it to be quite a great experience um, and a little scary at first, right? You know, are we going to be able to handle all this time together? But when you find that person you can and you know, and you can grow together, um, definitely just such a powerful, powerful thing. Um, he's going to be the one that uh, makes this sound all nice for us later and, and uploads it, to be honest. I, that's where I draw my line is after talking, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And that then that was brought through the pandemic as well. So let's talk about, you know, how getting your word out, you know, who is your audience? So with our listeners out there, why would uh, someone reach out to you? Who is the typical person that says, I need Melissa and I am going to find her and work with her? Yeah, that's a great question. And the interesting thing is people say, well, what do you do? Well, if I say I'm a coach, people are like, are you a basketball coach? Are you executive <laughs> coach? What What kind of coach are you? And so for me, the most impactful thing is I think about, um, one, I had an executive coach when I was in leadership and I realized how impactful it was. And for me, I really think about a thought partner or an accountability partner. And at times it's one or the other, at times it's both. And so most of my clients are directors or VP levels within their company. Um, I work with men and women, probably 80% of my clients are women. I think some of that is drawn to that. I am a woman and I was in senior leadership. So we have definite things that are core connections of things we have in common. And ultimately it's people that are working on things like executive presence, um, uh, imposter syndrome, right? So people yeah. get a promotion and all of a sudden they have that moment where they're like, holy crap, how did I get here? And what do I do now? And um, some of it is even just the confidence level of public speaking. So identifying where are those areas that you feel you're not thriving or that you really want to elevate within your leadership and how do you raise those up? And as a coach, it's not about me telling people what to do. I am not a consultant, right? So that's a very big dividing line. A coach really partners with people to help them on the journey. And in, in many times it's looking at it from a different lens. So asking questions that get 
my clients to ponder maybe a different way of thinking about the way that they're handling the situation now. So for me, um, curious questioning, uh, really active listening. So for, for, for me, there are times where pausing for 10 seconds, most people don't aren't quiet for 10 seconds at a time, especially in conversation and giving my client the space to really think about where they're at and what is the next thing they want to do. All of us have inside us what we want to do. At times we need a thought partner or an accountability partner to hold us to it. Think about a wellness coach. Think about a a physical trainer. That's a coach and they're there to be your accountability partner on your journey. My job is to be an accountability partner on my client's journeys in their leadership growth. This sounds excellent. You know, the one thing that came to my mind with that is a justification too. you know, being in a space and that's, that comes along with the imposter syndrome or some, yeah, well it does with the imposter syndrome, being able to talk with somebody and saying, you know what, no, you are the person to be here. You know, Mm -hmm. let's build that confidence, but just having someone to bounce things off of and have them justify that you're on the right path. So you don't feel like you're lost or alone or just kind of plucking things out of the air. Um, So in your field, so in all the fields, you know, I do, I work a lot in neuro research and, you know, um, psychology. And then I use this method applied improv, like our friend, Joe. Hi, Joe. And uh, is there's always these myths, you know, and I think you answered a little bit about it, you know, coach versus consultant, but are there some other myths? Uh, Cause you know, I've noticed since the pandemic and I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just seeing that there's a lot, there's a lot more coaching efforts, maybe coming out on social media platforms. There's couples coming out at coaching teams, life coaches in, in your exact field. Do you have to sort of battle a common myth and re-explain it over and over again? Uh, that's a, so the most common myth is that coaching is telling, right? So a coach, if, if you've hired a coach, I just say this as a, uh, uh, just throw it out there. If you've hired a coach and they're telling you what you should do, they're not a coach. They're consulting you, right? A, a consultant tells you what to do. They look at how you're doing things and they give you ideas and suggestions, whether you take them or not. Um, a mentor also is someone who shares past experiences and passes down that wisdom of things they've learned along their journey. A coach really is that person that should be a curious um, partner with their clients on where they're going and not tell them. I will have clients that will say, Mel, stop coaching me and tell me what you did when you were a VP at your company. Right. And then I will literally say, okay, I'm taking off my coaching hat and I'm putting on my consulting hat. And then we're going back to coaching. Right. Because, um, some of it, and there is sharing real world examples, acknowledging where they're, where they're thinking those are important. Um, The other myth I would say that's out there is that all coaches are not created equal and that isn't meant to be negative, but um, there are specific coach training programs out there that are accredited with the ICF, which is our kind of our governing body of coaches. And knowing that the coach you're working with has gone to some type of training, maybe it isn't ICF certified, but it's through another organization that has a process and a system. Um, I don't follow a, when we meet on first session, we talk about this second session, we're going to talk about this. Um, I'm not a therapist, right? So we're going to meet, I meet my client where they're at. So if we met today and I said, Christiana, what is the most important thing that's holding you back from moving forward? You, you could share that with me and we would go through the process of having a coaching conversation. Um, but it, it's not prescribed. And the other thing I would add not to belabor it, but Fit is important. So each of my new clients or any referrals I'm given, we have a 30 minute call where it's all about fit. I want them to vet me. I'm vetting them. And we're making sure that we have a connection 
the worst thing I could do for a client is someone that really is seeking coaching and I'm not the right fit or personality for them. And I take them on as a client anyway, they will have less results than someone that it really is a good fit. So I have partner coaches and peers that coach that are, I, I can be analytical. It's not my sweet spot. I'm more a, of an extrovert, um, marketing, sales-minded, fast-talking, you know, fast-walking. And that analytical person does not want to work with me or they might think they do. And then they they start working with me and they're like, man, she is driving me absolutely bonkers. Yeah. So understanding that fit and that you feel like there's a really good connection, use your gut on that. It, may, it, it matters. Oh yeah, I agree to that 100%, 150%. I'm even just listening to you right now. Um, before we started this, you said, you know, my jam is this, my jam is that. And the pacing of the way you talk, I go, wow, we could go to lunch together. I could talk to you all day long. We have the same type of energy. So what a great fit. But that I think is extremely important. So everything we do, right? Everything we do, there's a hurdle. We, you, you did touch on it with the pandemic. So, um, and I talked about what would make you leap versus not leaping and sitting down. But is there, I'm even matching your pacing. Like I can get really excited with you. And some of my other podcasts, I'll speak very slow with the pacing. <laughs> Yours, I'm jazzed. I'm jumping through this screen. So are there any, um, you know, hurdles? Are there any main hurdles uh, that happen to you that, you know, I, I like to talk a lot about that Carol Dweck growth mindset, which means, you know, we just found out that, you know, handful of years ago that we can keep learning for the rest of our lives and fertilizer is failure and all that kind of good stuff. And that's what I mean when I say, is there a hurdle you faced and how did you overcome it? Was there something that you did where you just found yourself going face down and went, you know, and in the moment it, it's tough, but when you stood back up, you thought, yeah, I needed that. I needed that hurdle. I overcame it. And this is why now I can do things this way. Sure. There's a couple things that come to mind. Uh, I think I'll use the story of, so I had owned small businesses when I first started my career and the insurance company that I started a practice with, they approached me to move to corporate and help recruit, train and develop new agents. So I moved to Cincinnati. I was not from, I was from the Midwest. I was living in Seattle. I sold my agency, moved to Cincinnati, Ohio. Didn't know anyone. And when I got there, I hadn't had much leadership development, right? I had owned my own businesses. I was the boss, right? And now that I know boss is a terrible phrase, I was in charge of the team, right? Our team was working to hit goals. But ultimately, I had never reported to anyone. And so a little bit of a scary proposition because what 27-year-old should never have reported to someone, right? In a capacity of them telling what to do. So my leader was an interesting guy. And in the beginning, he thought I was really great because I knew lots about the company. Well, over time, he realized I was an independent thinker and didn't always just follow the trend. And so I think for me, the biggest hurdle was 18 months in, I realized he was not a human I wanted to work for. I learned some amazing what not to do as a leader uh, skills from him. And ultimately for a week, um, he did not speak to me because he was frustrated. And I carried around a resignation letter in my back pocket, oh, literally for a week. Oh. And the first time he talked to me, he said, well, do you have anything to say? I'm like, well, you haven't talked to me for a week and a half. Um, and here's my resignation letter. And I gave him my resignation notice without an idea of what I was going to do. I called my mom and I said, mom, I'm, mo I'm moving home with you and dad. I'm 28 years old. This is a bit embarrassing. Um, but I just quit my job and they're like, okay, well, what I realized in that moment is sometimes you have to take a risk to realize that you're meant to do something different. Yeah. And if you've done the right thing along the way, people will be there to say, don't you worry, there's opportunities for you elsewhere. Like we're not going to let you fall through the cracks. 
And so I remember getting a call from that human and he said, did you really just give your notice? And I said, yes. He's like, gosh, dang it, Mel. Like, what are you thinking? I'm like, I'm not working for that man anymore. Right. Like I'm, I'm worth more than that type of an experience, right. That work environment. And I ended up moving to Wisconsin for a short period of time. And then, um, took a role in Minneapolis, uh, being a director of recruiting, but I had those people along the way that I had proved to them and shown them through hard work and grit that I was worth taking a shot at and that I didn't have to keep working in that environment that wasn't wasn't good for me as a human or probably the other people who stayed, to be quite frank. That is a great, I think you encompass my next question. I was, you know, and I, I pre-planned some of my questions, as you know, and as everybody who knows on the podcast, and then I just kind of go off in one field or one area the next, you know, to me, that's, that could be like one of your biggest success stories for real, a personal success. Do you have a success story with a client that you could share that, um, you know, keeping them anonymous or whatever you need to do? Yeah, absolutely. So this, um, this client actually, uh, we were introduced, I was referred to him as for career coaching, and he wanted to change roles. The company he was at, the culture was shifting, new CEO, things things had, things had, were changing, right? And so he wanted to take um, his career by, by the reins and say, I'm going to change my destiny and not wait for something to happen to me. I'm going to control it. So he and I started working together, and we were working on his resume. We worked on his LinkedIn. We worked on even some of those things around like BBI interviews. He hadn't interviewed in 17 years. He goes, I have no idea what's going to happen when I go to an interview. And so we were working on that. And my favorite story with him is he had applied at a company that he really wanted the role, had never heard back. So then we had worked on his resume and some of his other things to get him prepared. And some of it was just the confidence that he had everything it took to be great. And he didn't even have to stay in the same industry, right? So sometimes people have to realize our abilities and the roles we've had, our abilities across a lot of industries, but we've been maybe in one vertical. So we're just comfortable with that. So he had applied for this role a second time. He saw it still posted. And this was like six months later that we were working together. So this was just recently. That weekend, he heard back from the recruiter. He got an interview, had an interview with the CEO the following week. And he literally texted me. He goes, Mel, our resume I got an interview for the job that I didn't even hear boo from six months ago. It's the same job. And so we, we were set up purposely for, to hit his outcomes, right? Which were resume, LinkedIn, getting him prepared. And once we got to that point, I said, so I think we're at a place where you probably don't need to retain me for next month. And once you land a job, if you want to continue and do coaching, right? Actual coaching in your role. I would love to be that partner for you. He goes, you're right. What I need to do now is on my plate, right? You've given me the skills. We've met our objectives. And I texted him a couple of weeks ago. He goes, Mel, I'm in negotiations. I can't tell you anything, but I'm super excited. And he goes, I wouldn't be here without our work together. So that, you know, that warms my heart, right? That's my only intention is for him to get where he wants to be. And then I followed up with him yesterday just to check in. And he put in his two weeks. He is starting at a new company and, um, I asked if he would provide me a testimonial because that's part of my business, right? And he goes, yes, absolutely. And so I am just thrilled to pieces for him. And I can't wait to hear what it is because it's still a little bit uh, uh, confidential, but um, I'm just really proud of him, right? And he did the work. We worked together, but he did the work and he landed the new career that he wants. 
Oh, Melissa, you know, it's, it's uh, the passion, you know, I always dump the video when I do these and we do just the audio, but I'm almost kind of kicking myself right now uh, because your, your expressions, her expressions on this screen, you are, when I talk about deliberately connecting is you have this enthusiasm and this, this light about your face. You can tell that this is, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I could guess that this is maybe why you get up in the morning. One <laughs> of the reasons why you get up in the morning is to help other people because that's yeah. very familiar to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel that commonality because that's the kind of glow I feel I exude when I'm helping other people myself. You just are jumping through this screen. So, you know, you did say that you offer 30 minute consults. It sounds like, would you call yeah. it a consultation? Am I saying that correct? Yeah. I would just say it's really like a coaching connection, like figuring out if it, it's really like an introductory call. That's what yeah. I think what I have it on my Calendly is an introductory call because at the end of the day, either you feel like there's a fit or you don't, or right. I feel like there's a fit or I don't. And if there is, we both feel there's a fit. That's great. I love to work with people in that realm. If there's not a fit, man, I have a plethora of coaches that I could refer people to if you're looking for a coach and fit matters. I know I keep saying that, but fit matters. Oh. You, you got to be with someone that um, is similar cadence, tone, energy level. Um, I always say, how fast do you walk in the mall? Do the people next to you go like, wow, she's like speed walking and nope, that's just fast walk. So um, it matters. Yeah, it does matter. It does. I love it. Okay. So now we need to know how do we get in touch with you? For the listeners out there, I'm going to start sharing this podcast a little bit through February, 2021. And then come March, I am going to be spreading this around. So we need to know how people can get in touch with you and definitely how they can get that 30 minutes to see if it's a good fit. Sure. So I think the best way to reach me, frankly, is to um, reach out to me on LinkedIn. And the reason I say that is I track check all my direct messages every single day. Um, I respond to people regardless of what they're reaching out about. And then we can um, set up that Calendly appointment or set up an appointment for an intro call if that's what you're seeking. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Melissa Worrell-Johnson. So my, my married name is Johnson. I've been a Worrell for a long time, so I can't just let it drop. But on LinkedIn, I'm Melissa Worrell-Johnson. Um, it says that I'm with Carlson Group. So I umbrella under Carlson Group out of West Des Moines, Iowa. I'm in Iowa. So if you're looking for Melissa's in LinkedIn and you forget my last name, it's Melissa and in Iowa, I will pull up, uh, you'll, uh, you know, brown hair, medium length, uh, whatnot, but yeah, I would love to connect. And at the end of the day, um, I didn't get into coaching to become a wealthy person. I get, I got into coaching because I want to help people. I worked in big corporate for a long time and have done a lot of really great experiences, but I'm ready to do something that, um, fills my cup. And that's what this does. Oh my goodness. Okay. For listeners out there, if you're just listening, I want you to know that when I do publish this or well, after you've listened to it, I'm going to have her name, her spelling of her name, as you can find her on this podcast, you can always go back and find it. Melissa, I thank you so much for taking the time, your enthusiasm and your way to deliberately connect uh, in this podcast. I can only imagine the people you're helping. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on my podcast, Deliberate Connections. Thank you for having me. 